Well, I hope you realize it is Friday the 13th. And there's always a certain um, anxiety, I guess. Not sure why that, how that ever came about, but maybe we'll learn during today's program. Supposed to be the unluckiest day of the year, something like that. And of course, OU has the ball game tonight. Bummer. Well, maybe it's going to be unlucky for the Bobcats opponent tonight, Dave. Well, it's going to be unlucky for somebody, we hope. <laughs> Somebody's going to go on home unhappy for sure. Yeah. We got a, a, I think it's a 6.30 kick, uh, tip off tonight. That is correct. In the convo again, right? And their opponent is the um, oh shucks, it's just just left my memory. I wanted to say the Ball States. Uh, no, they were. Yeah, that, that was uh, that was on seventies night, which yeah. we didn't know anything about. But uh, <laughs> no, actually, uh, tonight in the convo, they've got the uh, uh, Kent State Golden Flashes. Ah, yes. in town tonight. Uh, so that should be a good one. Kent State pretty solid this year, twelve and three on the season. The Bobcats eight and seven, but again, a press, an impressive win over Ball State uh, earlier in the week. Uh, you know, as we mentioned earlier, Ball State come in here, riding a uh, seven-game winning streak. And the Bobcats put the kibosh on that. So let's hope they can do the same to the Golden Flashes tonight. Yeah, there was a point at which they were down 20 or so. And and um, it was fun to watch each step as they moved forward and, and then ended up winning. You got it. So uh, 6.30 pregame, uh, tip-off tonight at 7 o'clock on the flagship station of the Bobcats over on Power 105, WXDQFM. Okay. And yeah. then, uh, yeah, right here, uh, Dave, we will have uh, Athens High School basketball uh, tonight at 7 p.m. Um, as uh, the, uh, the, uh, the Bulldogs will be back in action. So busy sports night across the uh, platforms here. Um, at uh, WATH and over on uh, WXTQ. And I've got some kind of cool news, too, I want to throw out there if i got time. Let me just check one thing. All right. So all my uh, games are imported from the OU website. Right. It says a 6.30 start, but you're... You know what? You were correct. Uh, okay. 6.30. Yep, that's correct. 6 p.m. with the pregame show. 6.30 okay. tip. Fair Very enough. good. Hey, okay. Dave is sharp this morning on Friday the 13th. Well... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to react to that. You, but you had a point you were going to bring out. Well, I was talking um, earlier, um, you know, as um, over the last uh, few months, as this um, consolidation uh, with WATH and WXDQ and Jackson County Broadcasting has taken place, that's kind of given us some more resources to use. Um, so next week, uh, we've got uh, Bobcats basketball on Tuesday night on WXDQ, Bulldogs basketball here on WATH. Well, one of the biggest games in uh, quite some time in the Tri-Valley Conference 
on uh, Tuesday night is going to be the Vinton County Vikings playing a uh, paying a visit to federal hockey to take on the Lancers. So obviously with the schedule here, we are unable to air it on either one of our stations here in Athens. However, talk with Carl uh, Blaylock and Troy Bolin. They are going to be covering that game on one of our other platforms, uh, 98.7 FM, uh, WYRO, uh, MacArthur, and we will have that game. We'll also be streaming it. So you can download the Total Media app in your app store and you'll be able to hear the Lancers take on the Vinton County Vikings on Tuesday night over there. So um, some more local sports coming your way next week. Um, so kind of excited about that. Cool. Really cool. Very cool. All right. Well, let's see here. Today a free-for-all edition, even though it's Friday the 13th. So we'll try to do it and uh, not get into too much trouble here. <laughs> um, historically speaking, on this day in history, the year 532, the Nika riots begin in Constantinople, a revolt against the Byzantine, isn't it? Byzantine Emperor Justinian I, that leaves half the city burned and thousands of people dead. The riots were prompted by the failed execution of chariot racing supporters. Wow. And only stopped after Empress Theodora refused to flee, forcing her husband to act decisively. I'm married. Are you married? Uh, yes, mm-hmm. for now. <laughs> I don't mean that in a bad way. If I don't see my wife sometime no, no, soon, I, I'm going to be in trouble. I get it. Our business is a little bit demanding. Yes. In any case... Uh, wives forcing their husbands to act decisively. Boy, that happens a lot, doesn't yes, it? Yes, it does. All right. In 1908, Henry Farman becomes the first person to fly an observed circuit of more than one kilometer, winning the Grand Prix d'Aviation. <laughs> Very nice. Okay. Was that was that French you just laid on me? Uh, yeah, but you know what? It's not spelled that way. I okay. just did it that okay. way. Um, but just um, one kilometer. 1908. Okay, 1943, Adolf Hitler declares total war against the Allies on this very date. 1970, Colonel, hmm, this one's a little tougher. Odumegwu Ajukwu flees Biafra into exile, leaving his deputy, Philip Efiong, to surrender to the Nigerian army, unofficially ending the Nigerian Civil War. You know, when you think about it, there are so many events and wars and catastrophes that... Uh, we have long forgotten mm-hmm. and this uh, on this day in history report always uh, helps us kind of bring them back to mind in the year 2000 on this date microsoft chairman bill gates steps aside as chief executive and promotes company president steve balmer to the position well let's see here let's do some uh, famous birthdays all right I always need your help here. Okay. Uh, well, here's one that's not quite so hard. Julia 
Louise Dreyfus, the actress. Yes, very, very funny lady and a very talented actress as well. Indeed, 62 years old today. I would not have guessed that age. Either. Right, right. Uh, of course, uh, a lot of folks are going to remember her from Elaine on Seinfeld. Um, she was also in Christmas Vacation. She was the uh, neighbor, kind of the snotty neighbor, as they say, um, in uh, Chevy Chase's Christmas Vacation. So you probably remember uh, her <laughs> from do. those two roles. <laughs> yes, indeed. Orlando Bloom is celebrating uh, 46th birthday today. And... Um, Let's see. Now, that's a sports guy, right? Uh, no, he's actually an English actor. Okay, um, I'm all yeah messed up. Yeah. Uh, you might be thinking of Orlando Pace that played for the Rams, okay. Ohio State Buckeye, formerly. Uh, no. Um, Orlando Jonathan Blanchard Copeland. Boom. This guy's got a lot of Whoa. names. Yeah. English actor. He made his breakthrough as the character. Uh, I'm going to screw this up, but I'm going to try. Lee Gallus in the Lord of the Rings film. Um, uh, I think it was the f- uh, film series The Fellowship of the Ring, um, several others, but uh, that's uh, his claim to fame. Liam Hemsworth, 33rd birthday today. Liam Hemsworth. L-I-A-M Hemsworth, H-E-M-S-W-O-R-T-H. Okay, Australian actor. He played the role of Josh Taylor in the uh, soap opera Neighbors and Marcus in the children's television series, The Elephant Princess. I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, neither am I. And celebrating his 57th birthday, Patrick Dempsey. Patrick Dempsey. Yes, indeed. Um, see, now... See, Patrick, a uh, race car driver and actor, best known for his role as a neurosurgeon, Derek McDreamy Shepherd in Grey's Anatomy. I remember that one. Okay. Now, two famous deaths to share with you um, that occurred on this date years ago, of course. James Joyce, he was born in 1882, died in 1941 on this date. Irish novelist, poet, and literary critic. Um, He um, is regarded as one of the most influential, important writers of the 20th century. Wow. Yeah, Joyce's uh, Joyce's novel Ulysses uh, mm-hmm. in 1922 was kind of a landmark for him. And I, I somehow or other want to start to sing "Why at Earp" or something. Uh-huh. There, when that, that was a TV show, and I think it had somebody singing it like that. Okay. Anyway, Why at Earp, born in 1848, died in 1929 on this date, and of course. Uh, American lawman, gambler in the American West, including Dodge City, Deadwood, and Tombstone, and uh, took part in the famous gunfight at the O.K. Corral, during uh, which uh, lawmen killed three outlaw Coach Ice County Cowboys, and uh, famous handlebar mustache as well for for Wyatt Earp. Handlebar. Yeah. Like a motorcycle. Yeah, kind of like, well, you know, we got Porterhouse running around out here. He's sort of got the Wyatt Earp mustache going on, right? Yeah. Um, So, you know, that that leads me to a quick question. I don't want to get too far off track here. But, do I mean, do you still watch the Westerns? I I find myself doing that sometimes. I find myself with less time to watch stuff. Yeah, I as well, but... And, um... uh, No. 
I don't watch the westerns as I once did. Yeah, I still, you know, every now and then I'll come across the old black and whites or, you know, maybe an episode of Gunsmoke or, uh, you know, Bonanza, um, you know, one of those old shows, and I'll stop and, and, uh, and, and watch those. I kind of grew up on them. Um, you know, Bonanza was sort of a ritual around my house, so um, that and Andy Griffith. But, yeah, I still watch them occasionally, but I'm like you. I just don't have the time that I once did to watch them, but I do enjoy it when I get a chance. Now, the Andy Griffith connection to Athens, Do you are you aware of that? Yeah, I think we covered it, like, okay. last week, some, somewhere in there. I think we, we went over that. But Forgive the, my poor memory. No, but I, that was a very, very cool story. Uh, I love Andy Griffith, and I love the local connection. Very neat. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's see. It is Friday, January 13th. That's Friday the 13th. Now, JJ and I printed off a report. And um, it's full of statistical stuff. But it's still kind of interesting. And, um, but I'd say three quarters of it, we don't need to share. But some of the basics that popped out to you, J.J., Friday the 13th, what what are some points you think the audience might enjoy? I haven't had a chance. I got here just a little late this morning, so I haven't had a chance to leaf through all of these. Um, But the one, the unluckiness of 13, a bit of the history there. Um, According to folklore, historian Donald Dossie, the unlucky nature of the number 13 originated with a Norse myth about 12 gods having a dinner party in Valhalla. Uh, the trickster god Loki, who was not invited, arrived as the 13th guest and arranged for Huor to shoot Baldar with a mistletoe-tipped arrow. Um, Dasi, uh, Baldur died, and the whole earth got dark. The uh, earth mourned, and it was a bad, unlucky day. This major event in North mythology caused the number 13 to be considered unlucky. Huh. Yes. Now, in conduction... No, 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 you okay. said something else that caught my ear. Okay. Mistletoe-tipped. Yeah. Now, you know, we talk about mistletoe a great deal around Christmas. But um, mistletoe grows year-round. Um... Is it poisonous? You know, it doesn't say. I would. It kind of makes me wonder. I think. I think. I think maybe it is. I mean, you know what? I'm gonna think. We got. We got like a Google pulled up here. Let's see. A well, mistletoe-tipped we arrow. Yeah, arrows. Makes me think it must be. Uh, yeah. You would think the arrow would do the trip, but uh, <laughs> or do the trick, but um, yeah, well, yeah, depending on what it strikes. Yeah. Um, let's see. It says the arrow would reappear in the chest on a daily basis, no matter what he did with it. So he carried it around with him. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't really say nothing about mistletoe specific. Yeah, it doesn't really get into the. Okay. The nuts and bolts, so to speak, of the mistletoe arrow. Well, if we have a moment later, just um, Google mistletoe and see if it, they say it's poisonous. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, on another story, though, and it's certainly made the news in a big way. Uh, we're talking about the Biden 
document discoveries. Um, it's a presidential document dilemma. Um, and I don't know what to make of it. We had a similar thing happen with former President Trump. But the story I have in front of me says Attorney General Merrick Garland yesterday appointed a special counsel to investigate the handling of an unidentified number of improperly stored classified documents from President Joe Biden's time as vice president. The decision comes after officials confirmed a second batch of documents had been found at Biden's personal residence in Wilmington, Delaware. The find follows news that similar improperly stored classified documents have been found at the Penn Biden Center, which is located in Washington. The first batch of records was found November 2nd, but only disclosed publicly earlier this week. Biden officials said all documents had been turned over to the relevant authorities. House Republicans have launched an investigation into the matter. Well, the revelations come amid an ongoing probe into the handling of presidential records for, of course, by the former president, Donald Trump, as I have mentioned. A reported 33 boxes or containers, including roughly 100 classified documents, were retrieved during an FBI search of his Mar-a-Lago estate, that's down in Florida, I think, uh, in August. Officials have yet to reveal details regarding the content in the records previously held by Biden or Trump. Um, you know, In 1970, I got, well, late 69, I got drafted. And my assignment ended up being something I never would have expected. But um, I, I was in charge of, um, uh, I'm going to say Cambodia and Laos Intelligence. So I worked in the most secure, um, protected area of SYNC-PAC, Commander-in-Chief Pacific's headquarters on Oahu. The Commander-in-Chief was Admiral McCain, Senator McCain's father. Um, I handled the highest security stuff there is. It's so, so secret that even the name of it, like we can say top secret, secret, confidential, that sort of thing, the very name of it is classified. Now, for all I know, in these last 50 years that have passed, maybe those terms have changed. but. I don't know because I'm no longer involved in that stuff. 
But I had, once in a while, accidentally in my notebook, taken home a document. And then the, I would discover it at home and go, oh, crap. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I didn't mean to bring this home. And, um, and uh, of course, return it to the office the very next morning. Um, you know, he, these are people in high-ranking positions. Uh, I personally uh, feel they should have the opportunity to review some things outside of the office where they can give it a little deeper thought. And, yeah, there should be special precautions taken. They should have a special office at their homes to do this or, or Miralago or wherever it is. But um, I understand the sensitivity, but I also understand their responsibility and what they're being asked to do. So I, I have sort of a, I guess, an unpopular opinion about that this is necessary sometimes. Yeah, and, you know, I think it's the law, um, you know, more so than, as, as you you say, um, not that I disagree with anything that you just said. Right. Um, obviously, I, I those, those are some serious, serious positions of power, and, you know, you and I think we work a lot, and we think that there's a lot of pressure. You know, being the leader of the free world um, would be unimaginable um, to me. Uh, so I get where you're coming from, um, but I, I guess the only thing, the only thing that bothers me uh, in all of this is just the, the fact that in President Biden's case, the documents were found a couple of weeks before the election by these aides, and then they are just now releasing them to us we just find out about it uh, and again i'm not de defending that or kind of slamming that because guess what had it been on the other side of the aisle had it been a republican president you don't think they would have held on those before they turned turned them in absolutely um it's just politics as usual in washington that's really kind of the only thing that bothers me uh, eventually we'll probably find out what was in those documents to some extent and then we go from there but you know i uh It'd be interesting to see how this plays off. Uh, and, you it know, will, it will indeed. And would you agree, Dave? I almost bet. I almost bet that you could go back to former president. Uh, you know, maybe George Bush. Name anyone you want. Yeah, and I bet if they looked real hard, you're going to find documents somewhere yes, in some office that are going to be considered classified that probably shouldn't be there, but found their way into that office one way or another. Yes. Well, what's another important topic lately? It's uh, inflation, right? And uh, we've had all sorts of speculation about this and that. And anyway, a story this morning from the New York Times indicates that U.S. inflation rose 6.5% year over year in December. That's according to figures released yesterday. And that speculation and no that that report well meeting analyst expectations um, 
it met them and and also though marked a drop from the 7.1% the month before so you might say inflation is slowing a bit while reflecting increased costs over a 12 month period the figure marks a 0.1% drop in the seasonal season seasonally adjusted consumer price index from November. It also marks the slowest annual rate of inflation since October 21. Well, the decline in the index, a measure of inflation that tracks the change in prices of basket uh, of a basket of goods and services, was driven primarily by decreases in the cost of energy. Gasoline prices dropped 9.4%. And we're talking about last November versus this pat just recent past November. And um, when you talk about uh, over the course of a year, down 1.5%. The core CPI, Consumer Price Index, which excludes volatile food and energy prices, rose 5.7% year over year, down from 6% the previous month. I, I, it's so difficult to follow this stuff. Yeah. And um, I guess I just have to leave it to those who, who do understand it to tell me and trust them that things are either improving or not. But um, certainly things do cost more, don't they? Oh, absolutely. I seen um, a report. We were kind of joking around. Um, About eggs? Yeah. Last night, I thought, you know, that might be a good promotion for, like, uh, Power 105 over there. Give away a dozen We'll give away, uh, be listening for your chance to win a dozen eggs on yeah. Power 105. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe do that. Then a report I heard this morning on one of the news programs was talking about, and I thought, well, poor kids at OU, the price of beer is up uh, about 10% across the board. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, it's definitely not cheap out there as far as uh, groceries and uh, the necessities. If you're a college student, the beer, that's important, right? Uh, for me, it's... Um, oh, I'm, now I'm embarrassed. It's um, <laughs> not... I love wine. Right. I don't like beer. Right. But my favorite is Cider. There okay, there you go. All right, cider. Okay, yeah. Oh well. So now, have you? What's the price like on cider? I haven't even paid any attention. I, I like any. it so much. I just, uh, you know, buy a six pack once a week and enjoy a bottle a day. Yeah. So you know, remember when the pandemic happened? It was like the toilet paper shortage, right? Everybody was like, all the shelves were bare. What yeah, were we going to do? So, yeah. I wonder what the price of toilet paper is right now. <laughs> All I know is it's readily available. Yes, yes. Paper towels, toilet paper, all that stuff. Uh, I don't see the shortages we went through. What was it been a year now? Yeah, yeah, over, yeah, over a year. Over a but year. I, I did see a story somewhere that there's still issues with the supply chain out there. Not relevant to toilet paper, but just in general and i know well, that, it's this trucking business yeah and they well that was basically what the story um kind of alluded to that you know they've kind of put some things in place to help the supply chain now they're going to focus on the trucking industry to try to correct some of the wrongs there um to again uh 
I'm, I'm alleviate not, some of the pressure. I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble, but um, if you travel any distance, uh, you're, you're traveling with a number of trucks. Um, the truckers seem to be more aggressive now in their style of driving. There's, there is a TV show I watch about um, rec, uh, trucking wrecking crew. Right, right. And uh, where there's some terrible weather situation and uh, trucks often, you know what I mean. Yeah, oh yeah. But th- I find that a little bit interesting. But, um, golly, um, and then the cost of fuel for the trucking industry. And, of course, diesel is much more pricey than um, gasoline. Um, anyway, I, it's just amazing what's going on. And it's a wonder that we get all the products we do have available. I agree. And and I think it's probably – I think the trucking industry is not insulated um, to – any other business as far as what is is going on out there in the shortage of good help um you know in a a previous life i spent some time in the insurance business and that was basically one of my specialties i I dealt a lot with trucking companies um and i enjoyed it um i enjoyed that part of the job but i gotta tell you and i mentioned it earlier in the week the rates that these guys pay to insure their trucks um out there on the highway are outrageous and they're only getting worse and i just don't think these companies know how quite to underwrite it so to speak because what you have is the advent of distracted driving, the cell phone, and all these other gadgets that, you know, 30 years ago you didn't have to deal with. So they had a little bit better eye. You know, there's some guy with a bow tie, an actuary in a room that could figure this out. But now it's so, so hard for these companies to get the right rate to charge these guys. And then they're short on drivers. I had one of my clients tell me, Dave, that he said, I'm desperate for drivers. I bring a guy in, great guy, interviewed wonderful. And I put him out there in a truck, and he said he could not hook up or unhook his trailer. Um, and so you just basically you go to the training for four or five weeks. They put you behind the wheel. The next thing you know, you're headed uh, across the country on I-70. Um, a former engineer of ours here in the radio station is Zahid Montaz. We just called him Z. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a good engineer. I miss him. I see him periodically. He stops by once in a while at the station. Uh, He teaches at Hawking Tech also. But his primary business is that of teaching truck drivers. Mm -hmm. And and some of the trips he has to make, um, because he's, like, got two different jobs. One is teaching. The other one is actually being a driver. Um... Wow. Uh, some of his stories are remarkable. Oh, incredible. And, and I want to predicate what I just said um, about the driver shortage, and I don't want to indicate that all drivers are bad or even imply that because, you know, in my world, which was here in southern Ohio, the clients that I did business with, they did it right, and their drivers did it right, and they were safe. Um, and, you know, but unfortunately, you get into some of these metro areas or these larger companies that are doing just what I said, you know, 
throwing someone in there that's been in class two or three weeks, really hasn't driven much with an experienced driver. Um, that's when bad things happen. Uh, but I guarantee you, here on the local level, 99.9% of our trucking companies and our drivers out there that you're going to run into here on 33 in Athens and 50 and 7 are good drivers. They're pros. Yep. Um, although I can name a certain couple of stretches of highway where it seems like um, a lot of people are exceeding the posted speed limit. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on. Um, here's a good story. Um, never good enough, though. Since 1991, so that's 30 years, cancer deaths have plummeted. How much? 33%. Wonderful. Which they say in that period of time have saved a cumulative 3.8 million lives. That's according to a report released yesterday by the American Cancer Society. Progress, progress was attributed to improvements in cancer treatment, early detection, and significant drops in, guess what? Smoking. I still like a cigar yeah i i gotta admit especially if when i do have that chance to get out on the golf course occasionally i enjoy a cigar as well have we already mentioned how i've given up golf yes okay yeah <laughs> then, then that's all right i used to play three times a week yeah. and it made no sense whatsoever yes <laughs> all right but moving on with the story, cancer is the second leading cause of death in the U.S., with more than 1.9 million people expected to be diagnosed with cancer, resulting in an estimated 610,000 deaths annually. If you'd like to see more of that report, again, the New York Times is what I would recommend you uh, Google, right? Um Let's see here. What should we talk about next? What about sports updates? Do you have anything? You know, other than what we covered uh, early um, in the hour there, um, you know, the OU Bobcats back in action tonight against Kent State, uh, 6 o'clock with the pregame on uh, Power 105 WXDQ. Um, We'll have that for you over there. And then Athens Bulldog basketball uh, tonight right here on WATH. The Buckeyes will be back in action uh, over the weekend, and you'll be able to hear that game here on uh, WATH. Um, So in in a full slate of high school basketball throughout um, Athens County and for that matter Southern Ohio tonight uh, so um, yeah busy 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 sports night and of course the playoffs the NFL playoffs get underway this weekend and our guy Joe Burrow will be in action Sunday night football they got the Ravens in town in Cincinnati a lot of excitement uh, there it looks like uh, Ravens quarterback um Uh, Lamar Jackson probably is not going to play in that game. He hasn't practiced yet this week and uh, still on the injury reports. I don't expect him to play. If he does, he's probably going to be less than 100%. So um, hopeful uh, that the Bengals can roll, rest a few guys, and get ready uh, for um, next week's game. Um, And I'm guessing that's going to be the Buffalo Bills. 
Um, so should be um, a huge game uh, here in a couple of weeks. So let's keep our fingers crossed. Good luck to Joe Burrow and the Bengals this weekend as they start the playoffs. It's cool, kind of a cool story I seen about him real quick. He and Trey Hendrickson, another one of the Bengals players, and a lot of the NFL guys have um, kind of pulled their money, and they are buying farmland in America's heartland. Um, just buying up farmland and what they're doing with the land um, they're using it as an investment but they're basically leasing it to these farmers at a very very low rate like three three and a half percent um, so I just think that is so cool that they're using their money because obviously, you know, hunger and uh, helping out, you know, to make sure that people aren't hungry. Uh, he and Trey Hendrickson both have foundations. Obviously, um, you know, the food pantry here in Athens has been a big beneficiary of what Joe's done. And so Trey Hendrickson is kind of doing the same thing uh, for the Bengals there. So they decided, you know what, a good way to make sure people have food is to make sure farmers have way to grow our food at a um, – at a decent price point. Uh, so leasing this farmland back to these guys at a low interest rate, you know, obviously they're not making a ton on their money, just a little bit, but uh, in the end, it uh, kind of helps all humankind. So just another cool thing that Joe Burrow's done uh, with his wealth and his fame. Well, um, I, I don't know Joe very well, but I know his parents quite well. And uh, they're terrific people. And um, I suspect that's why he has become um, so aware and giving and, and beneficial to many. Um, and it's odd, now that he's a famous guy, I find myself, the other night we were having dinner somewhere and we, we, my group was laughing, their group was laughing, and we turn around and we're sit, sitting back to back with Joe's parents. Yeah. <laughs> this happens to me over and over and over around town. And, uh, of course, then we go, oh, you know. Right. Uh, well. You know, but, but what what I find neat about the boroughs, it doesn't feel obviously fame and wealth mm -hmm. has not changed them at all. Mm -hmm. They still love Athens County. They still love home. They're out in a, among, you know, um, the residents and citizens of this county and Certainly. city. And you know what? That's very, very cool. Um, and so I think that's why uh, Southern Ohio as a whole, you know, I've got my 740 hat on, you know, but I think that's why Southern Ohio as a whole is just really embrace joe and the bros all together um just just very cool now, somebody's not going to understand this 740 business now okay so our zip code is 457 right okay in athens it's 01 in jackson it's 40 right correct okay so that's what that's what we're getting at about his hat yeah well it's the area code 740 um, and so he had the <laughs> he wore the seven four zero shirt, and I think it was when he was drafted. So I even had that yeah, wrong. Yeah, that's okay. It's uh, the yeah. area code, you, not the zip code. Right? Yeah, you're going the right way. Okay. But he had the seven four zero T-shirt on. I think when he was drafted, it was a big event in Joe's life. But he yeah. wore that seven four zero shirt. Well, those things, you know, obviously led to t-shirts hats and all sorts of apparel right. um so you know yeah i wear that proudly and uh, one of my buddies um actually my son's buddy uh shouldn't say that uh, down at west virginia on a full ride scholarship and so the last time before he left for his final um workout before he headed down to west virginia i gave him a 740 hat and i said hey don't forget where you're from man don't forget us and so 
yeah, very very cool. So I've, yeah, I've got my my Joe Burrow seven four zero hat on. I'm rapping today, Dave. There you go. Hey, um, we need to talk about an uh, unfortunate story, and that is Lisa Marie Presley. Um, I never had the chance to really have an association with Elvis during my performing days. Um, but, you know, everybody went nuts wherever he performed. His following was... Have we ever had anyone that uh, matched that? You know, I, I would say the closest, Dave, the closest to maybe rival him would be Garth Brooks and maybe Michael Jackson. But I, I still think Elvis is king. Yeah. And, of course, that was one of his nicknames. So... Um, I, I'm, I'm not one who follows um, celebrities very well. Um, but uh, it was announced that his daughter died yesterday, I guess. And um, I, I'm ashamed I didn't even know he had a daughter. Really? Yeah. Oh, no, she's, I mean. I'm gosh. sorry, I just didn't. Did you look at any of the pictures of her? I mean, to this day, she just looks, she got, she's well, got I his have. eyes. She looks so much like him. Since, um, since the announcement late last night, yes, I certainly agree. She's stunning. But um, what's her career been? Forgive me. Um, you know, she, she dabbled in music um, a little bit, singer-songwriter, um, obviously the only child of Elvis Presley, and actress Priscilla Presley, um, and also was the sole heir to her father's estate. Um, Whoa. She, yeah, yeah. And so you remember back in the day, of course, Elvis had the big jet with the TCB on the back, on the, you know, on the big wing, taking care of business. But on the front... Lisa Marie kind of named the plane, kind of like you name a boat or a yacht. He named it Lisa Marie, um, and that's how he jet set it around the country. But um, no, I was not aware of all of that. Yeah, she had three albums: "To Who It May Concern" in 2003, "Now Watts" in 2005, and "Storm and Grace" back in 2012. And her first album reached gold certification um, with the Recording Industry Association of America. Uh, she also had a few non-album singles, including a couple duets with her father using tracks that he had released before he died. Um, she was married to musician uh, Danny Keoff. I hope I said that right. But probably most famously, she married Michael Jackson. Uh, that marriage was short-lived. And then actor Nicolas Cage uh, was married to him and also married to music uh, producer Michael Lockwood. So was married uh, four times. Um, but yeah, just uh, only 54 years of age. Um, the nature of um, what took her life? Right now, they're just saying cardiac arrest at okay. her home in uh, California. Um, her heart was restarted um, through CPR, and they did administer en route to the hospital, but she did pass away later uh, in the day. Her mom released uh, the news of her death um, last night. Kind of sad. Her last public appearance had been two days before at the Golden Globes, Dave, and we talked about those earlier in the, uh, in the, the week. Yeah, yeah, in the week. And then her father, um, uh, she also, I think, made a... Uh, a um, an appearance at Graceland a couple of days prior to the Golden Globes to celebrate her father's what would have been his 88th birthday. Hard to believe. If Elvis was, were still with us, he would have been 88 years old. Yeah. Well, um, so what was your favorite Elvis tune, Dave? You're, you know, that was kind of your air. I really can't do it. You really don't? You weren't like a huge Elvis guy? 
no, I mean, I programmed him. I mean, right. you know, I put him in the rotations and everything, but right. I can't say that there was something that stuck out. But uh, one thing that has suffered in my um, getting older is my memory. And um, I'm, everybody teases me about taking Prevagen, and they to- they've teased me enough that I'm doing it now. Good. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I'm uh, going to start myself, I think. <laughs> but, uh, you know, to name a, a, a couple of famous tunes by him right now, I can't do it. Yeah. And uh, I'm ashamed of that. Yeah, well, you but, had the Hound Dog, you know, Jailhouse Rock. Yeah, see, know, those, now that, those all ring bells, yeah. as you say. Yeah. Them. But uh, so uh, answer the question for yourself. Um, oh, gosh. Um, you know, it's hard. Because, you see what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I like, I mean, I like several of them. Yeah. I, I really do. But I just remember, I, I wasn't very old when Elvis was still going, but I remember those TV specials mm. and the outfits that he wore, you know. With Ed Sullivan and all yeah, Oh, yeah, with, with the capes and the rhinestone and then just the crowds. And I can remember my grandparents and parents, you know, watching. And then I remembered when he died. And I just remember what a huge event that was. I wasn't very old, but I just remember how big that was in the, in the 70s and what an impact he had, you know, on, on basically our uh, nation. Certainly. Um, Okay, Dave. I'm going to say, don't be cruel. Don't be cruel. Yeah, don't be cruel. I okay. would say is probably my favorite favorite Elvis tune. If you're going to put me on the spot. Well, the final story we really, uh, I, I think, I want to bring out is um, uh, dealing with um, migration or immigration, depending on how you approach it. Uh, there is an extraordinary surge taking place across the Americas, and. Um, and we're talking about particularly the United States-Mexico border. U.S. authorities have stopped 2.8 migrants. I'm sorry, 2.8 million migrants at the southern border in the last 12 months, uh, which ended in September. They kept uh, October through December records. 12 months, which broke the previous record set a year earlier, so more than before. The two countries, which are obviously linked by geography, share a common interest trying to dissuade people from trying to illegally cross an already overwhelmed border. As the numbers have hit new highs, our president has has leaned more heavily into enforcement designed to drive down unauthorized crossings. Well, it's, um, it's a big deal, and um, they're doing what they can. And, and, you know, I don't know what to think of it. I've always welcomed foreign people to my home, uh, we've housed them in our home, young people getting an education, stuff like that. Um, I would welcome them in to be U.S. citizens. Um, now these people, if they don't have goals, well, who knows? Um, how do you determine who you should let in and who you shouldn't? It's a fine line. 
it's tough. It is. It's very, very tough. Um, and um, you don't want a whole lot of people that are coming in here without resources or talent or uh, things that they can contribute. And then we being responsible for their well-being, if that makes any sense. I, th I hope it does. I didn't mean to say it poorly. Well, we are out of time. And, uh, folks, we want you to have a very safe and fortunate Friday the 13th, okay? Yep. If you don't care about bad luck and you're hungry, Wendy's giving out free French fries today with any order. You just got to order online. Hey, go Bobcats tonight, go Buckeyes over the weekend, go Bulldogs, and go Bengals. Dave, have a wonderful weekend. Be safe, my friend. JJ, you too. And um, we'll see you again on Monday, all right? All right. In our 73rd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-M.